say that getting in shape is hard, but no one told you about the struggle. It's time for you to get healthy, but business and family make life complicated. Discover all the high-performance secrets that founders and busy entrepreneurs use to ensure they stay fit and lean, no matter how busy they get. This podcast is a reminder to use those secrets, which make getting in shape easy and stress-free, while doing it in a way that fits your busy lifestyle. And ultimately, this will make you a better performer at work and home. You're listening to The High Performance Founder with your host, Dan Goh. Hey, what's up? And in this podcast episode, I interview one of my mentors. His name is Ed Lattimore, and I would not be where I am if it was not uh, for Ed and contacting him in March of 2020 and uh, contacting him and and getting his advice and and getting mentored with him, especially around the area of uh, Twitter and just becoming an influencer has shaped my life in ways that I cannot imagine. Now, one thing I want to tell you about this interview is that uh, we, we kind of get started right away. Um, <laughs> uh, when, when me and Ed talk, it, it, we, we literally just start riffing like crazy. So um, don't worry. Uh, we, we, we bring it back within the interview to it's almost like a normal interview format but just just in case you're kind of surprised by by how quickly we jump into things um, just want to give you a heads up so hope you enjoy the interview with ed and uh, see you on the other side this book right here is like and i don't know if you can see it it says japanese yeah. carding techniques let yeah. me tell you how i came across this book and this is really important so we yeah. were like we were just talking before you you know you started recording we were just talking about when you um, when you try to do something and that th- you end up triggering a bunch of other things that support you and you may not see how, so I, I go, okay, let me try to get ahead. Uh, you know, as I'm future pacing and planning out how things are going to turn out, let me start reaching out and see if I can get some clients to work with so I can build a buffer in my coffers. I reach out. I didn't even know you on my mailing list and you reach back and like, all right, let's work together. We start working together through some of the introductions you gave me to some guys, a guy in the frontier club messaged me and was like, Hey, this is a funny story, man. People are hilarious. He goes, Hey, um, you think you can help me grow my Twitter account? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like Dan, what thing you know? Uh, Dan Go said you were, you know, you're going saw. I said, yeah, man. I don't, I don't know, man. Let me. What's your account? Sends me his account. It's got seventy two thousand followers. I'm like, dude, I can't. Like, what do you need my help for? He goes, well, I don't know. I just, you know, I kind of stumbled upon this. But uh, if you're interested in trading in the stocks, um, I can help you out if you want to know anything. How about you? And I said, yeah, man, you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested in like, like I see this money coming in this way, but I like to kind of, the next step is like, have my money make money. So like, we're truly passive. And he goes, oh yeah, man, I made a killing on that. First thing you want to do, check this book out. <laughs> I ordered this book. It sat here for like probably two weeks before I said, let me crack it open. Cause I don't want to disrespect somebody who invests time in me ever. Let me just read it. And at the very least, if it's not worthwhile, I can say, I tried it out. This is, you want to talk about, like, I'm, I think I want to look back in a year and go this, this, I think it was $17 book is it's probably going to be one of the things that really contribute 
to to change in my life and all of this occurs because how do i even get here like like i don't know ray if i don't know you and and i don't know you if i don't reach out and start actively future planning for my life and you know that ends up because you see an opportunity you know now you're i mean i, I always i'm always happy when people pass me up who i've worked with uh, and and I ain't pass you. I ain't pass well, you. Well, you haven't, but you're 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 closer than most ever get. Yeah. One guy's passed me up. That's that's Chris. Chris, yeah. And, and Chris is great. I met Chris for the first time this year. I was in Vegas, and because I met Chris, this is this is why it's really important. I always tell guys. Whenever you get a chance to, you got to meet people in person. Like, there's no, there is no comparison. Every person mm. I met, per, this is why, I, like, dude, I've probably spent, I spent a lot of money traveling places <laughs> to this, sometimes to just meet a person. This past year, I've seen you in like actually Mexico twice, I think, and then Mexico, like you, Austin, yeah. Austin, Chicago. Uh, where else have I gone? I know I went somewhere else. Oh, L.A. What was the idea? What was the intention behind all the trips for you? So, so the idea is this. So, so, so initially, it's always someone invites me, right? Yeah. And and I and, and if you invite me for a reason, I'm gonna go because, especially looking at because because at this point, right? This is kind of a caveat as I, as I talk through this this process and this idea. Uh, the the caveat is. Is, I'm trying to think about the, the most polite way to say this. They should be of some substance, right? And and it's not like yo, you want to get together and have some beers in my town or something. Like, I don't even drink, but like that's the idea. But but like in Austin, I was there because uh, Michael Bostick and Lauren Bostick invited me down to be on the Skinny Confidential podcast. I had no, and let me tell you something. I had no idea who they were. Like I'm not, I'm not going to sit here in front and be like, yeah, I followed you. I was like, yeah, let me, you know, you invite me down. You guys got blue check marks. Your, your podcast got blue check marks. Uh, you got more followers than me on IG. Your wife's got a million followers and the podcast got like a hundred thousand followers too. Sure. I'll do it. You want to talk about life? Like, uh, man, my, my IG grew. Like they, they posted a preview of the podcast and I got like 4,000 new followers. Right. I was like, what in the world? Um, and then while I was down there, I, I met up with, I met up with, um, Alex Feinberg. Well, I'd already met him before. Not Elias. Um, and then some other people too. I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, well, just just friends. No one that, but but those two people in particular I mentioned because Nat runs the growth engine for helping websites grow. And and I told my web guy, I said, "Yo, I met up with Nat." He go and I, and I'm gonna work with his program. It's gonna be twenty five hundred a month. And he's like, "That's crazy," because because they're pretty good. I'm pretty sure they charge a lot more. <laughs> And I think it's because I met him in person. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it is not. Maybe it is. I will way back when do my first trip across across the pond out of the United States, out of the continental. I happened to be in Paris and there was a guy, Damien Prozalandis, who happened to be mm. in Paris too. And was like, yo, I see you here. You want to meet up real quick. And fortunately, you know, um, I'm with somebody who's very supportive. And she's like, yeah, you should go meet him. And so mm. I met him, hung out. And then from there, I got 
like I got my, my first gig helping people grow on Twitter because I met him. And he said, like, and I said, yeah, I said, thanks for the opportunity. And I ghost wrote some stuff for him. And he goes, nah, man, thank you for meeting up with me. And I'm like, yo, okay, that's powerful. So every time and she, in L.A., guy reaches out to me. He's starting a podcast. I was like, okay, I got friends in L.A. I'll come okay. out. You're starting your podcast. This guy's like like a Bitcoin mogul. So now I got to connect in there. And, and other people on the podcast, we can Tony Hawk. Um, I can't remember that guy, Mr. Why I always seem as Mr. Mr. Wonderful on, on the yeah. Shark Tank. Those guys. Yes. There, right. And then Chicago, the way Chicago happened is it was a, it was a writer's conference and I get invited to, this is funny, man. You're not going to believe this. this. It was an all woman's writing conference. Right. Uh-huh. And the way I ended up going there is, you know, I hired a PR firm working for me last year and they had reached out. Uh, to some to 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 one of the people that was going to be speaking there, she put together a book about like different stories starting over, and it was originally going to just be on Thrive, but like eight hundred people mm-hmm. submitted, it and she decided to take like her thirty favorite and put them in to a book. Mine made it, and she goes, "Well, I'm gonna be in Chicago talking about this and talking to some other people. If anybody's around, love to meet." And I said, "I am right down the road." I'll make it over. Now, I'll ride down the road. Ends up being like a fifteen hundred dollar trip. But like, yeah. whatever. You go and meet these people, and and because all the people they meet, and you know, it puts a face. Yeah. And now I got now I'm plugged into a network. Well, I gotta ask you. I mean, probably wasn't the crack tweets that attracted <laughs> them to the women's writing. No, no, no. Can I ask you what was the, okay? So one of the things is I'm I'm actually very interested in kind of like your your past life a little bit because here you are at Lattimore. Um, you're, I wish I could go into like how much you've actually changed my life. Uh, we haven't even had that conversation yet. We, it's been a long time since you and I have actually had a conversation and dude, like, okay, well, I don't want to get all into it, but I just gotta say (laughs) you actually changed the course of my entire life, uh, with that phone call that we did about Twitter and then the mentorship afterwards. But you said that you uh, gave in this short story about your previous life. What was that short story about? Oh, yeah. You know, like, so so I always kind of talk about on my site, I actually broke it down into four lives. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have many more. Like when I started yeah. having kids, I'm sure that's going to be a trip or something like that. Ooh, right. we're talking about kids yeah. now, eh? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I have a I have a, a plan date now. Okay. To put it in, you know, and this is kind of on, on a side topic. Look but that. you're one of two guys, uh, both who I look up to for different reasons. My coach being uh-huh. uh, who decided they were going to do the kid thing at 40. And and I'm yeah. really, really like I like seeing how things worked out for my coach. And I know you're yeah. like still what are you what is your kid? Doing? I'm forty two and she's like one and a half. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So what I'm gonna what I'm almost is short of a, an outlier situation, most yeah. of which I would like to not happen uh, would be <laughs> negative. Um I'm probably gonna start start uh having doing doing the kid thing around forty and I'll do it in the, the adoption sense because that's always been really important to me uh, i think that's adopted or anything but uh, uh, (laughs) i think like at 40 is actually the it's actually a great time but there's a caveat to that because you keep your body in shape you keep yourself in shape yeah i I do i I basically take my health extremely serious well i'll say extremely serious i I take it is the most important thing to me I, i will not sacrifice uh anything yeah for health at this point i've only got more serious recently 
Yeah. So there's a caveat to that. Cause like if someone's like skinny fat or obese and they're like, I'm going to wait till 40 to have kids. I'm like, motherfucker, you probably should not do that. You know, because <laughs> you know, your, 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 your sperm's not going to be the strongest. And like, you're going to be like 60, a very old 60, by right. the time that gets 20. So, but anyways, meanwhile, like, meanwhile I'm yeah. watching, you know, my coach is one of the reasons why he's, he's I mean, he's a, he's a, uh, an extreme health nut in terms yes. of what he eats, but his activity level because of the way he trains his guys, yeah. you know, it, it looks like easily no one would guess he's 50. Certainly would not guess, probably not guess above 40 either. Yeah. Um, and then it's real cool, but yeah, uh, to the main topic though, we got to get yes. all these, these, these <laughs> I, I say we've got different lives. just like my life. Uh, you know, when I grew up, I grew up in, in public housing, a really, you know, typical cliche kind of guy, public housing, Irish, yeah. single mom, all that kind of crazy stuff. But I got, I got really lucky. Uh, I got lucky, and you know, I was born with with the IQ I have. I think that makes a difference in kind of some of the traits that come along with that. I was born with with a, with a good yeah. temperament. You need those kind of things. And, but, and was also, that borrowed from your mom at all? Or your uh, parents, probably came from around my you? dad for real, but I don't I mean, yeah. but I don't know. I mean, I like, like, I'm it's not that I don't know my dad, that, that's yeah. not like that, but to to say he was a force in my life, uh, raising me, that is yeah. that is a stretch. Uh, like, I like not even close, really, because he didn't live with us, he wasn't yeah. around. The he thing is, like, me. like, you're an anomaly to me a little bit, right? Because you did come from public housing. Uh, you came from a, an area where there's so many bad influences around you. And I'm wondering in my brain, I'm like, how does, how do you make it out? And how do you become the guy that you are? I, I always, you know, I, I, I really attribute a lot of it. So, well, you know, some of the things there's like three factors, right? There's nature, nurture, and then, um, for lack of a better word, we'll call it, uh, what do we what do we want to call it? Luck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and maybe not so much. It's weird. We'll see. The nature part. Um, you know, I I'm I'm given certain things that that really that really help me out. I really I really think my temperament makes a really big difference. I've I've never been quick to anger. Um. And and even now, like one of the things that I had to learn to develop when I fought, I had to learn how to how to move and and be one with my emotions, kind of intertwine them and not be so separate to keep them in control. Though it's a new thing for me, and and so now I think I think that's one of many ways fighting made me a better person. But the nature thing, just coming straight out the womb, being being a regular. Or not regular, but being being very. I don't want to. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't want to make. I don't make fights that I don't need to make. That keeps me out of a lot of trouble. Um, I. I don't really have this desire to fit in either. I really like my video games, man. I like like I I play a lot of video games. What do you play? Uh, when I was a kid, I play. I loved um, anything that was an RPG, man. So Final mm. Fantasy. Fantasy Cloud, Legend of like Zelda. the oh yeah, like, man, Final Fantasy Fantasy Seven for sure, yo. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was a big fan of that, and um, and that kept me kept me real busy. And then one of the, one of the, the life most life changing things, man, uh, where I went to high school, I had the foresight. I was like, I can't go to the high school with these these 
because okay so we had a feeder system and we had a feeder system and a magnet system feeder system is where you go to the school for your neighborhood and then the surrounding neighborhoods and that's yeah. where i went elementary and middle school so i went to school for the first you know eight years of, of compulsory schooling i went to school well, other kids from the projects. Uh, there was another project they fed into it. Well, I think two actually. One's gone, and then and then a bunch of white trash neighborhoods. So it was a bunch of broke people and, and broke, you know, socially low class people, and that comes with a bunch of issues. Mm. When I was fourteen, I went to a school across town, and that school was a. In fact, that's where I met all the friends I have now, like the good friends. Like, I don't have any yeah. friends prior to the age of 14. That's yeah. where I met all the friends I have. And all of my friends are, at worst, from that area, uh, middle class. And that was a shift just in general thinking, right? And I remember yeah. feeling awkward. I guess whatever. But but you want to talk about, like, positive peer pressure. Like, for example, yeah. even though I have my book about alcoholism and overcoming and dealing with that, and I talk about it, none of my friends drank in high school. We didn't yeah. do that party thing we weren't crazy you weren't doing drugs i had good like i had a right great influences and that probably yeah. steered me and not probably it did i mean it steered me in a really great direction every now and then when i'm thinking about it i'll randomly write some of the parents that are online yeah. i'll say you know you ain't have to be the type of person you were to me i'm an outsider yeah. you kind of embrace me like i was your family there's there's, there's stories uh, one family in particular my friend eli uh, they are what we'll call them. Uh, they're not Orthodox. I think they're more like conservative Jewish. And, and they, you know, brought me under the wing like I was one of their own man. And it, it completely was was a really life changing. Like to this day, man, I'll, I'll, I'll try to help Eli out and promote his book when I see it. He got a fiction book because I'm like, he's like, man, you're doing all this reaching out for me. I'm like, dude, one for your family. I mean, I stumbled in my twenties, but in terms of make, making it out of my youth, your family, yeah. you, you know, this is me paying <laughs> forever, man. You ain't got to worry. How did you get into that school in the first place? So they had a lottery system. You oh shit! Go, you had to go and like, no, nah, no, nah, I was like, you know, your 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 lottery ticket was was um, weighted more heavily based on different factors. <laughs> and and one of those factors, I remember, I remember when it was time to like go apply. Uh, was the earlier you were in, the more light you applied, the better. And I, I had my mom give me over there, man. I was oh. the first. The first we were the first ones to apply. So I, mean, I definitely went. Now, now you know one of the one of the interesting trade-offs, one of the cool things is like they go to this school. It, it was an hour each way on the bus to get yeah. to school. So I I, I had I me. Mean, <laughs> it was an experience, man. Uh, yeah. But it but it really made a big difference. So that's that's you know my my youth. And then we talk about. I talk a lot about my second birthday being December 23rd, 2013. That's when mm. I stopped drinking. Yeah. Yes. And why and why did you decide to do that? Cause man, I was I was fucking up, man. I was in I was mm. in bad shape. Um and and you know what's cool uh, about about that realization? That that future pacing thing we we're talking about. That's mm. always been a trait. Right. It's just now I have structured my life to where I greatly benefit from it as opposed to um, keeping myself out of trouble because I've, I've mm. used it to keep myself out of trouble or to minimize the effects of some dumb shit I did. But here's the thing. Um, I remember, well, first, I mean, I became aware of like how heavy I was drinking probably 
probably two years prior. And like everybody with an issue, you know, you come up with different ways to rationalize, justify, yeah. delay it. Uh, but but one day, uh, I had there was a series of events. 2013 is a really big year, just in general. It's the year I, I went pro. Uh, it was the year I enlisted in the army, hmm. and. And those two events combined had a real cool, interesting effect. And it was also the, well, not technically the year, but the Carmet Anna in 2012, but the end of 2012. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these are coming together. And it was also. And Anna's your girlfriend. Anna's your well, fiance. Now she's the fiance. Now she's your fiance. Got yeah. it. Um, and then and then in 2000, and that was also when I re enrolled in school, like officially. I didn't start class until 2014, uh, early January, but that's when I re enrolled. So all this is coming together. And, and I remember I, I, I was, had my three fights that year. I had three fights, 2013, three pro fights, and went away, did basic training, AIT, came back uh, in December, was partying, drinking get out of hand mm. probably because I woke up at my boy's house. I don't really remember how I got there. And mm. then I remember thinking, I was like, okay, this is crazy. Cause now we got something to lose. And that's something I didn't really have in my twenties. I didn't really have something to lose. I was just kind of floating around. I mean, I was an amateur fighter, but I didn't mean we was working shit jobs. I'm trying to think what I work out when I was, uh, when I was in my twenties, I worked at Starbucks. I worked, I had a, I did a, an AmeriCorps volunteer thing, work security at a homeless shelter. Mm. Why do you think you're going hard on the alcohol in the first place? Oh man, I was trying to, I was trying to fit in, man. When you, when yeah. you think a certain way, this is, this is something I try to warn a lot of young, younger people about, uh, particularly in their early twenties. Cause, cause being there, cause I'm 36 now and that's, that's third. That's an interesting age because that's the first time you like. You're, I'm like much older than people who are adults now. Like the people who are 19, 20, 21. Well, like, we're not even the same generation, and that's really interesting because normally, you know, you grow up and then most of your into your twenties, your late twenties, early thirties. Uh, people who are in a different generation, it's kind of like they definitely are like kids, right? But <laughs> Uh, the 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 generally speaking, who you talk to, the dividing line between millennials and Gen Z is ninety five. Anyone born after ninety five. So if you're born in ninety five, that means well, we'll just say you're born in uh, who's somebody I talked to a friend of mine. She's born in ninety eight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's twenty four. That's not a like that's not a kid. <laughs> right, that's an mm-hmm. right? and so like you had those conversations, and, and I try to remind them. I go, look, uh, you don't if, if you don't fit in and you don't like this culture. Um, depending on your personality, you know, there's the, you know how you respond to booze. But uh, but one of the things that happened to me is, is I wanted to fit in. I always had this fear of rejection. Uh, and the loneliness, and I didn't know how to harness, and I, I didn't realize that no company is better than bad company. Kind of the way mm-hmm. I live my life now, really understanding these things. And so for me, it was like, okay, how can I get around people? How can I maximize opportunities to meet girls, whatever? And it was the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And then because of the type of, uh, I, I'm not good at being background noise. I never have been. I'm either going to be the leader, I'm either going to be the teacher, 
or we're going to have like one on one, two on two kind of conversations. I do not, I've never done well just mm-hmm. kind of being in a group setting in a background and, and recognizing that now makes my interaction so much better. But when you're younger, you're like, okay, this is what everyone's doing. Well, I'll go out mm-hmm. and I got to stay out. Let me just have this drink. Let me try and make myself the most boisterous person. Let me do the most outrageous shit and have it all be fueled by alcohol because all that's feeding my desires and how I want to interact with the world. But it's doing it in a negative fashion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. As opposed to now, right? Same drives, like exact same drives. The difference now, you know, you, you look my name up and all types of things come up. You can see what I what I've done and accomplished, and I continue to try and be a good example, try to be a teacher, try to be a leader, try to connect with people, use my leverage to make new relationships with people that are like minded. You know, like I was just in D.C. for the weekend uh, and I had something to do down there. But I have a good friend I made uh, off of Twitter that, that like, you know, I, I just enjoy his presence. All he else just happens to be sober. So we went out and then these motherfuckers, man, they tell me I meet somebody now. It's like, you want to go for a workout? And I'm like, <laughs> if what I was training, no, I'd be like, nah. but now we go and so my legs are trash nah. for a workout. But then afterwards, when I got a good, healthy lunch and, you know, was talking ideas and it was cool because it was like him and his wife and me, the way I like to socialize. And it was workout, which is nice and active. And we got talking; it was cool. But, but you know, everyone has these desires, but it's just certain personalities and certain issues they 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 feel the negative way. I think a lot of young people are more susceptible to it because the younger you are, the more you want to fit in, and and it's hard. It's hard because the culture really promotes that's the way to be. Yeah. Like, and when you decide to do something different you're going to get a lot of kickback. Like, what's wrong with you? What's the joke we always say uh, in recovery or whatever? Just in general, alcohol is the only drug where people think you have a problem if you don't do it. Yes. So that's the kind of the cultural influence that a lot of these people are growing I mean, we grew up indoctrinated, but he's supposed to do go on your birthday yeah. and go up and all that. I feel like alcohol is one of the most accepted. It's actually the most that and coffee are the two most acceptable drugs that people go into on a regular basis. And uh, when we think about alcohol, not necessarily caffeine, because I do think that caffeine actually has like some amazing properties and it has right. Advantage, right. But alcohol it's like a net negative on every single kind of marker there is. It's like every dude. Uh, it's the crazy <laughs> because yeah. this is a conversation you don't have with somebody who doesn't even who is. Yeah. I've learned this. You don't have this conversation with people who aren't sober or don't broach the subject first. In other words, yeah. you don't become an a, a, be an, a, an evangelizer for sobriety, right? That was yeah. one thing I've, I've been very good about avoiding. Even in my book, <laughs> writing to people who would be, become, because that's not how you make a change, you know? Mm. But while we're talking about it, <laughs> the subject is broached, yeah. you know, well, we, we gotta be real with him. We gotta understand what we're doing. We're dealing with somebody, something that's an actual poison, an actual carcinogen, right? There is no gain. The, the, what it is, it's, uh, it's like happiness, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you can get happiness one of two ways. You can get it the easy way. You can get it the hard way. The thing is, if you get it the hard way, uh, you have done something that is going to set you up long term. In other words, I, be- I really believe happiness 
is kind of the first derivative of progress if we talk in calculus or if you just like do a hard work overcome it you feel good and you're happy it's changed mm-hmm. or you can go just do some drugs mm-hmm. right they, they work on the same parts of your brain uh, the difference is that one comes with a host of benefits and the other a host of detriments. It's very much the case where um, happiness is is not path independent. You you can't just get otherwise we wouldn't do anything. Uh, so you need to pick and do things. But booze, man, booze has got this incredible, an incredible marketing campaign behind mm. <laughs> it. And on top of that, man, people were real bad at dealing with their feelings yeah. and shit. And that I, so I was, I don't know about you. I, I, I kind of like, uh, I used to read comics and, uh, I like the Marvel movies that come out. I know that subset of Twitter is like, oh, it's all like, you know, they're like, nah, I love them, kinda psyop shit or whatever, but <laughs> I love watching it. But then yeah. I was watching this cartoon, which a lot of kids are watching right now, which is called what if, and it is basically oh my god get it's on disney plus huh. it is it is ridiculous anyways i'm 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 fanboying right now on that one a little bit but basically it's like what if uh, iron man got uh, saved instead of uh instead of getting you know taken by terrorists and shit it's like that stuff right yeah so in those cartoons they basically have every single one of the main characters cheersing with like you know drinking uh, cocktails cheersing with beers and then this is kind of like the i guess you could call it the psyop thing but this is kind of like how we start to entrain uh, younger people to think that oh yeah well drinking alcohol this is what you do when you celebrate drinking alcohol this is what right. you do when you man it's crazy yeah it is it, we, we we train a whole generation of people to use alcohol as is is really an augmenter for their on either mm. to augment or to attenuate their their emotional state. So either you drink because you're happy to make the good times better, um, mm. or you drink when you're sad to make you forget about being sad. And it's like, how about how about learning how to feel the world? Right. It's mm. <laughs> one of the things I tell my article. I, I call it taking off the sunglasses. Is is when you when you stop looking at the world through shade, man. This is bright, and that it's so bright it can hurt. Yeah. But eventually, it's just more rich. I, like I really believe, like my social interactions um, over the past eight years have been so much better, so much richer, so much more intentional, uh, so much more productive. Because what I won't do, right, and that's the thing. Some people are comfortable with this shit. I'm not. I, what I won't do is be awkward. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness. So in, in making sure I've decided to not be awkward, I really developed in you know, my conversational muscles. And this was the trait I had even when I was when I was uh, drinking is, you know, yeah. when you drink, plus you have that personality, you know, that that can get out of control, too. But now it's really it's really even connect, talk, reach yeah. out, try and make people feel comfortable, learn what you can. It's a yeah. tool. You might not like using it, but that's only because you don't use it a lot. Yeah, and people. But you don't. But, but people can't do that because when I'm when I'm talking to you right now, like it does seem that you are actually aware of your emotions. Right. right? There is some sort of emotional awareness. Did you do that through like just journaling and and feeling the emotions, or like how did that part come out? Well, you you know it's funny, man. I'm I'm working on. 
the next book. And it's, it's, it's I think it's going to, because now, I don't mean, I, even with sober letters, I was like, I don't care how much it sells. Let's just change the world. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to yeah. change the world, but good PR team, right? Um, mm. But no, nah, the, the main idea is like, you know, Stork Street Smarts, the, the, um, how to understand people better by mastering yourself. And this is key to me. I really think that we, 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 I don't think this and we know we have different words for it. Uh, how we feel inside is how we see the world. And we do it. We do it through a variety of things. Our reticular activating system, for example, mm-hmm. we see what we're thinking about, right? Or what becomes aware of. The the um the Hawthorne effect by watching something, uh, we influence the behavior of it. The Pygmalion effect. When we when we expect better of people, they tend to perform better. The Goblin effect, just the opposite. So mm-hmm. so we know these are things that take place. Are you enjoying the show thus far? We go through so many resources and links with the podcast, it's tough to keep up. I get it. That's why Dan and the rest of the team put together the High Performance 7. It's a free online course that helps entrepreneurs get lean, build muscle, and increase energy in a way that fits their lifestyle. We go over things like how to burn fat like a 20-year-old, the lazy man's way to building muscle, the 10-minute Superman system, the lead domino that makes all other things easy, and so much more. The best part? As a valued listener of the show, you can access the High Performance 7 100% free of charge. That's right, for simply being awesome and tuning in. To get full access, all you have to do is go to www.highperformance7.com. It's High Performance, all spelled out, and the number 7.com and fill out the short form there for us to give you full access. Once again, www.highperformance7.com. Now, back to the show. What I've learned is that with these effects that exist, if I focus on making sure I'm together, that I have clarity of thought, that I have clarity of purpose, that, and then really uh, we'll call it authentic communication. That's, that is, you know, kind of a blanket term, but, but really just coming into the conversation with the best intention possible that I tend to elicit that response back even through social media where it's where i think it's very difficult to do because you don't have the tools of voice tone eye contact all that right i read all your tweets in your in your voice though like oh well you know my voice right (laughs) but but you are like of the of the 162,000 people follow me you know yeah you're probably like one of 100 who know like my voice from talking directly and then maybe one of 1,000 who have heard it but like this is this is a really significant key idea that how you are inside is going to affect how people uh, respond to you outside. So it's mm-hmm. not so much that I'm aware of my emotions. It's more like I know that there is a certain tone and intent that's going to make this conversation be as productive as possible. And anything that doesn't lead to that 
well, we, 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 you know, now if, if now, now there are things you can't control. Like for example, man, like, like if, if five minutes before we were supposed to talk, I got the news that somebody died. I'd be a mess. But like, look, man, we got to reschedule this. I'm not going to be able to focus. Or, or like I looked at mm-hmm. my bank account. I just got linked down like 25,000 bucks out of nowhere. Somebody stole from me. You got to focus. Yeah. But, but you know, the, the little thing, when I don't really call them the little things because most of them are the little things. Um, if you can compartmentalize and deal with them later, but focus on the person in front of you. And and this is easy when you remember that other people are the most important thing. Mm-hmm. There is, there is like, and, and and the more I learn, the more that reinforces, uh, the more that idea gets reinforced. For example, like studying, uh, trading in the stock and really understanding that. Well, what we're doing, what we're effectively doing when we do this is we're, we're we, we've figured out how to make, to objectively measure something subjective through a proxy indicator, how people spend money and where they spend it. That's our proxy for how they feel about stuff. But at the end of the day, it's all people. Like there's no, there's no force that says market price go up. It's just people. They go fill. Right. And that, that's yeah. a, that's one example, but that's an important one. And then we can see it in other areas of our lives for, you know, we, everyone talks about how things are going, uh, how governments are responding to COVID. And I've mm. always stepped back and I always said, look, what you guys don't understand, because this is a, a level of complexity higher than the average person thinks. What you guys don't understand is that it's not the government going, you guys can't do anything. That's very easy. And that's why people really gravitate to it. That's a very easy idea to digest. What's a lot more complex to understand is that most people want to be told what to do and so if you appease those people you do to you you do a couple of things that ultimately probably weigh a little higher than than preserving this idea of do whatever you want one uh stability because when the majority is kind of appeased to the point where the the minority has to bend or to very least modify their behavior well then now you've got stability like like that's Mm -hmm. in the purest sense of the word that is that is kind of what democracy aims to do. Look at what most people want and then do it. And that bugs people because they are not able to step outside of themselves and see, well, I feel this way, but most people feel this way and it ain't really compatible. You know, so you, yeah. you do that. When you look at people and how they interact, that's the key. Like right there. That tells you almost everything you need to know about everything. Yeah, you, you taught me a huge lesson when we were uh, doing our Twitter mentoring. And uh, and for anyone who's actually listening to this, if you want to grow your Twitter account, Ed is the first person I point everyone to. And uh, and you do a fantastic job, not just of like, uh, not just of like actually teaching me how Twitter works, but actually how to write things in a way that's actually very concise in a way that, uh, and I remember the biggest lesson you taught me was like, Dude, you're you're putting too much preamble into this shit. Like, just leave it as it is. Take out the fucking fluff, and and then just leave the message as it is because people will actually take it through their own lens, anyways. That's yep. the biggest that, thing. That man, if you dude, you you said it, and then this is what we got. This is what uh, this is what writers. I think I think good writers do, and and I try to be a good writer. And if you think back to your to your high school days of of English class, uh, they 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 make a big deal about symbolism and teaching you about symbolism. And I always thought that was kind of weird and impractical. 
but that's because there was no lens to kind of focus it through. So I thought that about most of the English lessons. But now I have Twitter and, I, and I'm, I'm quite, you know, most of my courses are quite literally kind of reapplying the grammar mm -hmm. and stylistic rules that we were taught. But one of the things that you learn, which you figure out if you watch, you'll get all the great stories, is that the story is presented in a way where it's like, OK, here's what it's not about. And you can kind of look at it and go, OK, it's not about this. this, this so, so, so people are going to get the outright wrong idea from the story. But what they're going to do is they're going to look at it and they're going to go, okay, I see, I see parts of myself, or I have an example. There are different parts of my life. Uh, I, I, I have a different feeling about this, and they're always going to be able to take what they see from it. What you, as the writer, you get to do, you get to, you get to plant the seeds, you get to plant mm -hmm. the idea, you get to go, okay, I know you're going to look at this and see a certain thing, and. Um, and I need you to take a certain action. I'll tell you a story, man. This is a real story. When I got out of the army, I only served four years and it was an eight year contract. But I got out uh, four years early because I realized it was kind of BS. Uh, but I didn't want to get out in a, in a terrible way. I had to get out. Um, there were only really two ways out. And one way was kind of not an option. Right. So I, I, qualified it looked like initially for a hardship discharge um which is basically you have to show that that you leaving allows you to deal with a hardship better than if you were staying in and 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 i got lucky in some ways and that one you can't enlist knowing the hardship because none of the, but the hardship in prison because they'll be like well what is this? You know, you knew this. Well, you know, now it's a big deal, right? And and then you also uh, have to charge you leaving will make a big difference. So what I had to do, I put together this this packet. It was like 107 pages, different information, um, <laughs> showing how me not being in would allow me to to better take care of my mom, which is like which was true because I had just got a fight contract, but you got to make the argument. I can't just go, here's my fight contract. Here's the situation. Here's how you guys are a problem. Let me out. Right. Nope. Don't work that way. You got to right. But, you, but, you, but, but the way I wrote, it, I was looking, I was like, okay, I need them because I can't just tell them. Okay. That that's just trying to put the idea in their head. No, I need to be like on some inception type shit. I need them to read it and then have the idea that him leaving is the best course of action. And when I thought of it that way, then it became very easy to structure the argument. And then what happens is they look at it and they look at it at the company level and then the brigade level and the corporation level and the, um, uh, I can't remember. I used to know all this brigade core company, um, but, but then it go battalion, uh, then the, it keeps going up and each level up, it just keeps getting a yay or nay and they kind of tally it up and go get the commander each level. I found out, uh, once I got out, I found out that it was voted in favor of me four to two. And and that was writing something that I didn't get to see. I didn't get to sit in front of somebody and, and plead my case. And it was purely in the strength of my words. And I said, okay. This is, I mean, I, I felt good about that. That was like way before I was teaching any writing. But mm. that's, that's one of the lessons that I that I picked up. 
is that there people are going to read things and then interpret them as they interpret them. So your job is mm-hmm. to if you there's a if you're going to leave no room for interpretation, then there's a different way to speak about it. Mm-hmm. But if you want people to read it and kind of play with things and see themselves or see the group they're attacking, you know, like for example, one of one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite examples of this is you put a tweet out going, you know, you know. Uh, only stupid people argue on social media, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that, that's a really basic tweet. It might do well, might not, but it's really basic. But, but what's it do? Uh, people who, everyone, no one's going to see themselves as stupid. Yes. Right? Yes. So you're going to get a bunch of people that's going to fire it off one, you know, because yeah. no one sees themselves as stupid. But if you wanted to really turn up the dial on that, no one see, only stupid people argue on social media. Uh, the the smart amongst us ignore, and you'll get people, you know, and that's once again just basic contrast. <laughs> but what I've done is I've created an unfavorable condition you can attack, and a favorable one you can identify with, and you're gonna read it through that. No one's gonna read it and go, man, I must be stupid as hell. To, like, like yeah. that's not, I mean, well, around, even if they do, they're gonna read it kind of tongue in cheek and retweet it out. Yeah. But but when you understand these ideas, and that's really the basis of what I what I was, you know, con. trying to teach you and I continue to respond to people is that it's how the message is seen. If you get that, then it it almost doesn't matter what you, oh, that's why I have so much fun on like like I yeah. genuinely believe my account is fun to follow because it's not a bunch of self improvement stuff. Like, yeah. like like Jose Rosado put it one night like dude sometimes man you just go off the rails and I'm wherever you want. <laughs> like like no nah, I know the rules I'm not going to get suspended I, I don't come anywhere close to it but like yeah. for a guy that like for a guy that talks about crack all the time like you're really good with the way that you talk about crack. If that right, like I couldn't just be like crack, 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 crack. I mean, yeah. I could. Though. It's funny we were we were um we were here for dinner one day. My sister came over and uh and she was like, you know, I think you could just make a post about crack and people would like it. Like, cause y'all were Facebook. I put up. I just put crack. And then, and then, you know what happened? Not only did he get like thirty freaking laugh and reactions, people thought I was making a rhyming game, or someone started yeah. a rhyming game, so they'd be like, "Crack is whack in a shack," you know. And I, I was like, "Wow!" Yeah. So yeah, yeah you have fun once you understand mm. the technique. You know, you, I think you go and have a good time with it. And we were we were talking about second, third, fourth order consequences as a result of, say, future pacing and the actions that you take. We actually were talking about this before we press record. I wish we got that conversation because that's really smart. Uh, but also there's like these second, fourth, third, fourth order consequences that you think like when you actually tweet in the way that you word something as well. You understand that. Let's just say this, like arguing on social media means you're a fucking idiot. So what are people going to do? They're not going to be going on your social media and like trying to argue with you on that. <laughs> because then you are yep. just saying that you're a fucking idiot right so it's like it's actually like piecing things in the way where you're actually saying something but there is an underlying meaning to what you're saying and you know what the underlying meaning is but everyone else is taking it through their own underlying meaning and just making their own fucking uh, yeah. definition out of it which i think is like it's actually i think that's like the the thing i love about your account and I think your account is like one of the most entertaining is number one, you don't give a fuck. Number two, you're actually really careful about the way that you word things. Not even only though it I may g- seem like you don't give a fuck. 
Dude, not only am I careful about the way that I word things, right? Because because of what is it called? Sprezzatura, right? Giving the yeah. appearance of effortlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know, the, there are some things that that I, I talk about. I've I, I decided a long time ago, and by that I mean like maybe three years ago, right? That I have been given a wonderful gift with an incredibly powerful technology. I've been given the gift of words and kind of, and and we'll, we'll call it, well, actually it, it, the gift has got multiple components. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, verbal acumen and future planning and, and, you know, a business sense, like, so, so understand mm-hmm. marketing. So all these come together and, and kind of this gift and we'll just call it for lack of a better word. And I really hate this word, but I got no better one. We'll call it personal branding. Right. Um, I've got that gift. And I said, okay, this is really cool and really powerful. And we've got the technology because, you know, 30 years ago, Ed Lattimore were probably taking this physics degree and, you know, working on Wall Street, who knows, or in a lab. But this is what I get to do now. And I, I consider it a gift, a real gift. And I treat it as such. And like, like people sometimes give me shit about things I don't tweet about. Like I don't tweet about politics and I won't tweet about COVID and I won't tweet about a lot of the race related things because what I, what I, what I have to realize, what I have to live with, I think is that my account does about 40 million impressions a month. That's a lot of influence and a lot of odds. It's not the most, but it is by far more than the average person. So I have the power to tilt people's opinion at the very least to expose them. And so what I have to think about is what if I'm wrong? Mm. Okay. Like, and, and no one ever thinks about that great responsibility. What if I'm wrong? It's, I do though, because, because some, I was exposed to some really kooky ideas, probably in my mid twenties. And and it was one that really stuck with me. Oh, well, it was about his writer, William Mistel. I think he's dead now, but he talked about, how all this technology that that is coming out and will continue to come out, they're like they're like gifts from from somewhere, whether it be an alien civilization or from or the consciousness and the powers to be that run our planet, and we're being tested with those gifts. And if you if we fail the test, we're going to lose those gifts one way or another. This is kind of like the plot of Arrival, if you're familiar with that movie, right? And and if we pass it, we're going to get a chance to really make a big difference. And to me, this is a big test. I I can hop on right now and say something, and and if a lot and if it appeals to the work, this is what happens. You understand marketing? There's that gift. I understand that I can say something negative that ain't correct but resonates powerfully with people's emotions and they will spread it like wildfire. And I will be lended a degree of credibility Mm. because I have a lot of followers and someone will go and look me up and I, and I've lived my life in such a way that, that I'm not just a random dude saying something online. I've got credibility and that lends weight to what I say. So I've got to be careful about what I say. I know most people don't have that type of approach, but that's my approach. So that's why, like, like, like if you if you if you ever see me, like, well, if you ever see me take a pure stance on something, that, like, is mm. is not like you know, I'm not I'm not talking about something that, like anybody saying is against like like 
pedophilia or something like that. Like people, yeah. fucking people on Twitter always go there. We're going to talk about them. Yeah. But no, like there are some things come automatically. You don't have an opinion about no dog in the fight there. You just, yeah. that's yeah. wrong. And if you're trying to argue, we're going to fuck you up. Like, <laughs> that's kind yeah. of like but like, but if you ever see, if you, if you look at my account now through that, that piece of information, you'll see, I do it. They I will not do it, but I got too much power. Yeah. And I, I think I told you this when we were uh, mentoring with each other. It's like, it is literally the access to nuclear codes. That's the way I look at Twitter because it is the spreading and the, the insemination of ideas into people's brains. Yep. And once people get this idea, then, then essentially that can load up, that can send them off on like a, a rabbit hole of, of whatever it is. And, and for me, my, my whole thing with Twitter was like, there's so much fucking negativity out there. I don't want to be the guy that spreads it you know right. and you can do like so much good here i mean there, there yes. are certain people there there are certain people that, that i really admire on the platform uh because they have grown without playing that game yeah and and you know immediately that comes to mind uh, like like you uh chris johnson going guys i work with i'm not just biased but like i I, i'm thinking about it right now because i think one of the ways that like you people will work well with me is if they kind of have a similar perspective Mm -hmm. and because to them it's about accomplishing uh, to them to you it's about accomplishing something not just you know, yeah. growing and following because because dude, if you, I, I, every election cycle, a new account pops, but I know where it blows by me, and I, and I am not a small account like that yeah. blows by, and I see it all the time because because the usual suspects retweet and become fans. I'm just like, ah, I just can't, I can't get behind it because I see, and I don't care about politics. I, well, I've noticed something about like Twitter, and it is the idea that you can actually get very seeped into the negative. And you can actually grow a following off of the negative. Yep. And the second, third order consequence of that is you're attracting negative fucking people into your space. And that's kind of like the reason why I don't necessarily talk about, you know, aspects of like, let's just say politics. I try not to talk about like COVID too much and like all this kind of stuff. In reality, it's like when people are actually going out of their way to, to get like outraged or, or to do whatever on either side of things. And and you know what is crazy, right? This is like part of us. It's not, we have been designed to kind of have a, not kind of, we have a built-in loss aversion bias because it makes sense for us to pay more attention to the negative than the positive. Because if you, uh, the way I would, the way I learned this, right. And this example is kind of oversimplified, but I think it makes a general point. If you were like a K, if you were like an old caveman or wanderer, or even as recently, I guess it's like 1800s and you were, and you were out in the bush and you, you saw, two things you saw some stagnant green moldy water or you saw or you saw um uh, a, a berry bush with like bright uh per- like healthy berries not poisonous you knew they were healthy uh you would th- that stagnant water would stick out more in your mind than that berry bush because 
drinking bad water will have a greater consequence on for you than getting an extra boost of calories. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so things that are of the same difference from zero, but in the other direction, so their absolute value is about the same negative or positive. We're going to pay and give more weight to the negative than the positive because in general, we're going to survive more. That has been taken to a new level. Uh, if it bleeds, it leads. They figured Mm -hmm. this out in the news. Mm. And and social media is is really the the masterpiece of that. (laughs) And and I don't even know if people part of me wants to give people credit. Part of me knows people ain't that smart. So (laughs) I I think they're just they're just doing what they they just uh, they just know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, dude. You know, we're at the end of this interview. I feel like we've like covered so much like topics. Uh, I feel like we had a great conversation along with that as well. And, uh, and yeah, to the, I don't know how many people are going to be listening to this, but, uh, there, there are some people that are subscribed to the podcast. I'll be sharing this to uh, my list as well, but for everyone else, like where can people find you? And, uh, and actually, sorry, one last question I wanted to ask you. It's a bit of a cliche one, but you know, oh, if you were to have a, yeah, if you were to have a billboard out there, you know, and it could say one thing to to everyone that's just driving by, what exactly would it be? Man, I'm trying to say one thing. Yeah, just one. Cha- okay, so people's right attention now, spans are like this right now. Right so. now, man, I'm re- I'm really on this kind of I don't want to say change the world kick, but like, yeah, and I think it's just because of what I'm working on is my like big project. Yeah. People, man, just breathe, man. <laughs> just breathe. Like, like when something bad happens, just breathe. Do not react immediately. Like, yeah. like that reaction that when you react, you tend to overestimate or over or give extra weight to the problem. This is one of the and I, and I think, like in general, I am a cool collector, almost to a full person. And even now, I know sometimes I react. So what I've done, I've learned how to hedge my system. My, my wonderful hedging system is my fiance. I will like give her the tell her the story, and then as I'm mm. story, I'll think through it, and Arch will give me a different perspective. And then it goes, oh, okay, right. But uh, so you, you just gotta know it. You don't look. You don't have to be perfect with anything. When, when you know your weaknesses, man, set up and hedge against them, and that's kind of what I what I try to do. And, and because I know, you know, do you can reacting too fast tends to have a more permanent and negative and negative um, ramifications than taking too long to react. If you have to pick one or the other, generally speaking, uh, especially as it involves people taking too long is always the better choice. Mm-hmm. I love it. All right. Pause so breathe. Pause, breathe, choose your reaction. I fucking love it. And uh, where can people find you, my friend? Man, I'm Ed Lattimore everywhere. Ed Lattimore on Twitter, Ed Lattimore. <laughs> just Instagram. Google it. Yeah, <laughs> just Ed Lattimore uh, on uh, my, my Facebook. My website is edlattimore.com. I am I am Ed Lattimore on all platforms. You have dominated the SEO on Ed Lattimore. Yeah, you know what, dude, you know what I I I am lucky because yeah. the the name is just unique and like, like it, mm. it's not I haven't met my dad was at Lattimore have I met any others mm. uh 
I think uh, personally, I haven't met any others, but Facebook, you type in it, you can see some of the mm-hmm. names. But spelled the way I spell it, I'm I'm lucky, man, because it's a simple name, but it's not a common one. Yes, absolutely. And it's I, you know what? It reminds me of like a smooth '90s R&B singer. Yeah, it's, it's like it's really get some stuff like uh, just yeah. lucky man that's yeah. what i like do like like one of my goals mm. in 2021 was to get verified on twitter and and they yeah. just kind of you know screwed the system up plus they came out with this new this cluster of of uh press which which to their credit that is a smart idea it just like if you're if you not like really in the news it makes it hard uh Huh. Yeah. But, but, I, but I don't need it because I'm, I'm at Latimer, man. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think a blue check is going to do anything different. I mean, like it is going to like, you know, sort of like when people look at it, like, Ooh, shit, this guy's verified. Well, well you know, you know but, what it does. And let me, let me tell you where it really makes a difference. I'm starting to get a lot. I've gotten like now interviews and products from IG. Yeah. Now, part of it is I really cleaned up my IG profile. Like now it's got a look and a feel to it. But having that check, that makes a big difference. People like people say, mm. and on Facebook too, I have it. So it makes a mm. makes a difference. I don't know how much of a difference it's gonna make on Twitter because there tends to be uh there seems to be anyhow kind of a negative connotation amongst the general user community that does not exist <laughs> in IG. Uh, those, those are just a small minority that just are like you know are like fuck blue check guys kind of thing you know pretty so, much uh, yeah 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 all right dude thank you so much for getting on i appreciate it and uh and no and, yeah. problem man hey thank you for having me i really appreciate and, it man anything you i can do for you by the way are you are you yeah. in austin now or are you uh, I'm, I'm in Kelowna, bc british columbia Kelowna, and okay. uh we're gonna be going back to toronto and then we're gonna be going to uh mexico I, we're gonna we'll talk about this right after the podcast because okay, i'm gonna try cool. to get you out there and uh, we're just traveling around right now my, my dad calls it professional squatting you know just that, like it's awesome that, that is yeah. that is the best part about having uh For when, sure you, when you really understand the, the the location independent income yes yes <laughs> You could pretty much work from anywhere. So pretty much you so, yeah. can do when I was in, yeah. when I was in Portugal, you know, it's funny. I, I, I mean, I made, I made, I made a, a better income in Portugal than the average yeah. person, but like, yeah. uh, you know, how much did I really need? It was Portugal. Yeah. But- <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell everyone who's listening to this that Ed has actually changed my life. Literally. I don't say this lightly to anybody whatsoever. And Ed, I know you're listening to this right now. Uh, you have literally changed the course of my life and uh, ways that you can't even imagine. And um, I'm so glad that I took you on as a mentor in the beginning of COVID of like March, 2020, I think it was. And then, um, and then I am where I am because of you. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you, man. All right. No problem, man. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Sweet. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit subscribe on whichever platform you're tuning in from. Help Dan and the rest of the team get the word out to more entrepreneurs like yourself and leave an honest review for the show. It would mean the world to us if you can help in those two ways. Dan reviews all the feedback on the show, so we can't wait to hear what you've got for us. This show is made for your benefit, so be sure to reach out if you have any ideas on topics that we can cover on the show or people we should interview. You're listening to the High Performance Founder Show. Thank you so much for tuning in.